barbecue chicken to go. Yes, sir. Half a barbecue chicken to go. And uh, will that be all? Oh, mister, did you know you're bleeding? Oh, it's nothing. Must have had a rough night, buddy. No, I can't remember too good. Here's your order, Sam. I think that one's mine, buddy. I said, I think that one's mine. Look, I don't hit nobody with glasses. Now, calm down. The man, now identified as 43-year-old Fred Atkins of Camelford, went berserk this morning during an argument over who was to be served first and bit the counter girl on the arm. The man was subdued by an unidentified truck driver at the truck stop diner's cook, but died of unknown causes before police arrived. Local health authorities suspect that rabies might be involved and have vaccinated everyone concerned. Now, after this brief pause for station identification, we'll talk to a scientist who says that earthquakes may one day become a thing of the past. Sure. You're listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight. The following podcast contains adult language, adult situations, and spoilers for the movies discussed occur often. You've been warned. Now, take it away, Dr. Rausch. They must be destroyed on sight. Welcome back. It is They Must Be Destroyed on Site, episode 297. I'm your host, Lee. Potato Man loves Ketchup Man, Russell. And I am joined by my lovely co-hostess with the Moses, Miss Lee. Yes, Scissors Now Hardy. How are you, ma'am? You gotta unmute yourself. That would help. I guess so, eh? Uh, thank you for that, by the way. Um, it's so weird. It's so weird hearing that. Uh, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> the first time I heard it, it like it threw me off. I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah. <laughs> Calling me this hearty. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna do it to make your face go red, randomly. Here and this, there. This wall is perfect to show off my my super red face right now. Mm-hmm. Alcohol doesn't help either. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're back. We got some more Halloweeny stuff going on this month. So uh, some more movies, and uh, this time out we're doing Rabid from 1977, David Cronenberg film. And uh, honestly, this is the first time we actually have done a David Cronenberg thing on this podcast after years of doing lots of horror shit. So, uh, yeah, we're going to get into that eventually here soon. But 
first. I will uh, mention quickly. I, I asked for comments. I asked pretty late for comments. I should use. I should usually do this like a day early or something like that, right? Because that gives people time. Tim Yobo from the Bloody Bits podcast, check them out, said she, as in Marilyn Burns, was perfect for this part. And I tend to agree. Yes. Uh, well, we'll get more into uh, Miss Marilyn Burns when we uh, talk about the film and why she was involved with this and all that stuff. But um, yeah, uh, before we do that, we can talk about what we've watched in the last little while. And I know you have a couple things, Lee, so uh, I'll throw over to you. I think this is one of those times where I have like a ton of things because like go for it. The last weekend I went to the cottage and it was Mm -hmm. raining. So I was basically glued to the TV the whole time. It was the perfect time to just laze about on the couch and watch movies all day. Like I loved it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm just going to go through a few of them quickly just because they're like everybody knows them. So I'm not really going to talk about them. Okay. But I watched uh, Beetlejuice. Okay. uh, Which is a great Halloween movie. And mm-hmm. then I watched uh, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah. I literally watched it just because I love George St. Pierre, and that fight scene is just iconic. I fucking love it. It's, it's such pretty a good, good yeah. Yeah. It's like the only reason I watched the movie for the first 10 minutes, but anyway. Yeah. It's great. Then, then, then George St. Pierre gets killed off and, uh, well, maybe killed off in uh, Falcon yeah. and the Winter Soldier, yeah. I also watched 13 Ghosts. Uh, last oh, which, time I saw uh, it. Wait, which one? The, the, the modern remake or the original? Modern remake. Okay. The one with the... Shannon Elizabeth. Yeah, Shannon Elizabeth. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so I watched that one. Uh, Watched it because I was looking for a Halloween movie. And this was, like, on someone's, like, drive. Like, their their hard drive. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's whatever they download, right? So it's not as if I can, like, go through a bunch of movies. I don't have my shutter. But uh, I hadn't seen it since elementary school. Okay. And my dad, I remember hating it. And I was like, mm-hmm. man, I'm going to rewatch it because I really like the ghost. Like, the makeup for the ghost was amazing. Mm. And it was. The movie's terrible. Yeah. But the the costumes, the design, like, the makeup, like, it's so good. Like, they look amazing. I love that part. That's the only reason I like it. The, the, ghost, the ghosts. The, yeah, the ghosts are the best thing about it. And also that one kill with the, uh, the pane of glass that goes down and cuts that dude in two. Yeah. Yep. With his brain showing. That was great. Mm-hmm. The rest is stupid. And then I also watched The Big Lebowski. Yeah. Yes. And uh, so for a first time watch, I have a few first time watches. Um, I watched The Haunted Mansion. That's the new Disney film? Yeah, 2023. That's okay. the one with like a bunch of names. So it was Rosario Dawson, mm-hmm. uh, Owen Wilson, uh, Danny DeVito, Jared Leto, Jamie Lee Curtis. There's like a bunch of people as well that were just uh, extras, like background. Um, yeah. They were only there for like 30 seconds, but they were in the movie as well. Uh, Dan Levy, Hassan, uh, Minja, um, and there was somebody else. I can't remember. Oh, uh, what's her face? Um, Beetlejuice, the the daughter. Um, oh, um, Jesus Christ. Why can't I not remember her name? Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder. Yeah. Yeah. So she was in it. So there's a lot of names in it. It's basically about a haunted house that the Rosario Dawson and her son move into. And they mm-hmm. try to leave, but the house doesn't let them leave. So they find somebody who believes in or does ghost hunting or ghost stuff, like whatever. He goes to visit 
the house and when he tries to leave it brings him back and then they do that with multiple characters where they're just stuck to this house so they can't leave mm-hmm. so they have to sort out what was going on and it turns out it's this one guy who needed spirits so he's killing all these innocent people and they're trapped in this house so this all these people are trying to like help free all the souls it's a cute movie like it's it's cute it's a like it's one of those ones i'll watch once if it's on the background like I'll listen mm-hmm. to it, but I don't think I'll like go out of my way to watch it again. Like that's that's as much as I'll say about it. It's just cute. Like okay, it's, yeah. Like the storyline was kind of fun. Um, there was funny moments. Uh, there was like good parts to it, but it just there was nothing, not much to it. There's not enough body to it. Like I just, it was okay. It was All cute. Right. Yeah. When I got, I told you I watched so many movies. Uh, mm-hmm. When I got back home, of course I had to watch movies. So my dad does this thing that every time he finds a movie with like a real strong female lead character, he makes me watch it. Like it's huge. <laughs> always, so I always have a list of movies I have to watch. And uh, anyway, so we watched um, The Interceptor. Okay. So it's about this woman who gets uh, sexually assaulted uh, by someone who's higher up while she's in the military. And when she reports it, she's the one who gets uh, criticized. So she ends up losing her ranks and getting in trouble mm-hmm. and doing all sorts of stuff because they're mad at her for reporting it. Right. And uh, anyway, so she's the on the interceptor, which is ideally like if someone launches um, nuclear missiles, the yeah. interceptor is the one that can send out the missiles to destroy those. Yeah. So, this interceptor ship thing in the middle of the water is captured by all these people. So they kill everybody on board and there's only her and this other guy who have to protect um, the board so that the missiles don't get launched or that they can destroy the missiles if the missile is launched. Right. So she ends up being this like crazy badass. The fight scenes are phenomenal in this movie. Um, The storyline I find like, it's a lot of stretch and it's a lot of like suspending disbelief. Mm-hmm. So again, it's like, a, it's a good movie. I enjoyed it. I, I would watch it again. The action was great. That was a big thing. Like the action was fucking awesome. Uh, okay. I thought the girl who played the lead was great. Um, she looked really tough and badass, but uh, that is all I'll say about that one. <laughs> what year was that from? Uh, 20. It's newer. 2022. Okay. Then I watched uh, Legend of the Fist, The Return of uh, Chen Zhen. So okay. that has uh, Donnie Yen in it. All right. This is another one where it's it's a good movie. I think they rely too much on the fight scenes to try and like give it body because it lacks a little bit of story, but the fight scenes are just phenomenal. Like They're great fight okay. scenes. So it's one of those things, if you like action movies with just unnecessary amounts of violence, this is great. Uh, the storyline is good but um i wasn't as impressed like there's a lot of other stuff from uh uh donnie Yen that i love for movies like uh it man just a mm. great martial arts movie this one i found it relied too much on the amazing martial arts that they didn't really go with like the story like they just tried to lean on that okay and then i had one more i watched uh, ballerina i was telling i think i was telling you about this last yeah night. you were telling me about this one it's so a what a korean film yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's about a um, someone who's an ex-bodyguard who her best friend gets killed. So she goes out and seeks revenge. Mm-hmm. 
it's a slow burn. Um, it's got a good story. It's kind of um, a nice take on a movie that we have seen, like a story that we have seen. So mm-hmm. it's just a different take. And I kind of, I enjoy that. Like I, I know there's like a thousand movies out of the same thing, but if they have like a different take on it, like they have their own unique way, I'm cool mm-hmm. with that. Like, of course we're going to repeat shit. Like we've been doing movies for how long now? Shit's going to oh, be yeah, there, There's no new stories. Yeah. And uh, I, I can enjoy it when, someone can take something and remake it in a way that's still kind of unique, but still you see the same similarities. Mm-hmm. So there's really cute parts in it. There's some, I should say, I shouldn't say cute. There's hilarious parts in it. Not cute. Okay. There's just this one scene with like an older couple. Like, it's just so funny. Like the, the couple is adorable, like super adorable, mm-hmm. but uh, the rest of the movie, it's, I don't think it had to be as long as it was. Either they needed to add more for, like, dialogue and story and, like, depth in the characters, mm-hmm. or they cut out bits that just made the movie longer. Because, it, like I said, it's a slow burn. You do get a couple of action scenes that are pretty badass, but it just dies off a bit for me. You were, you were telling me this was only 90 minutes, too, right? Like, it was only about 90 yeah. minutes, something like that. And, like, it took a while for, like, the action to actually happen. Yeah, like, the first fight scene is fucking brilliant like this mm-hmm. is what i'm one thing i'm gonna say i think that my the reason my dad made me watch all the three of these movies was because all the fight scenes were fucking blow your mind amazing like all so well choreographed like it's just okay. amazing to watch but uh yeah you have that first fight scene and they got introduced kind of to the story and you got mm-hmm. introduced like very very gradually to like background what was going on what was happening but I don't know. Either they need to put more details or they just need to cut some parts out. Like, it just... Yeah. Because I was telling you, usually Korean movies are, like, three hours long. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so if, like, if you're watching a Korean movie that's only 90 minutes long and it's bragging, there's probably a problem there a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I think they tried to to make it more mysterious maybe you never know maybe, like other people might appreciate that like it's a little bit more somber it's a little bit more like dark okay um detective-ish instead right. of like yeah it's, it's kind of like you know my my uh uh my thing about the batman mm-hmm. oh you don't so like this- the you don't like the film noir detective stuff in your back. That's not that I don't like the film noir detective stuff. That movie was just garbage. Um, <laughs> I, let's let's not slander the good name of the recent Batman film. Thank you very much. It was so bad. Um, no, it, it was terrible. Uh, anyways, no, it's not that I don't like it. It's just that that way of storytelling, that way, like very very slow burn, which is mm-hmm. not every film noir, by the way. Like I've seen others no. where I do enjoy the story that's being told. This one. This movie just doesn't have enough story to be told to make it like that Snow Silburn. Okay. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Wrong about Batman, but, you know, fair enough. It's, it's okay. I'm not wrong about Batman. Batman was garbage. <laughs> Sorry, the Batman was garbage. The Batman. That's right. The Batman. The Batman. The worst um, one. Shut up. Is that, that's everything for you? Yes. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Is that all? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. So I'll just mention two things. So I've been doing the, uh, for the first time ever, I'm doing the 31 Days of Horror thing. Oh, on nice. Letter, on my letterbox. So, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily updating it on the day that I watch a film. Like, sometimes I'll wait two days before I re-update and shit. But I am doing it. So um, 
I'm, I'm like the cool kids now who all do it like every fucking year, I guess. But um, I'll just mention two things that I watched uh, recently in that are part of the 31 Days of Horror watching for me. First thing I have to mention is Graveyard Shift from 1990, and uh, this is based on a Stephen King property. This is something I also screened for our friends, uh, mutual friends, last weekend. And it's based on a short story of his, and that's kind of the biggest problem with it. Like, I like this film a lot, but uh, it's lacking a little bit, like, to make it great. And I think part of the problem is it, it just, there's not enough in the original source material, and they try to fill it with made-up stuff that doesn't necessarily work too well. But they try to do, like, some drama with new characters and stuff like that that isn't all 100% good. But when you get into, like, the actual shit of the, of the, of the story with the monsters and sh and stuff like that. Like, there's this one big rat-bat monster in it that is fucking awesome. It's like, all these these people, you know, they're workers in a, in a cotton mill, basically, a textile mill. And they're tasked with cleaning out the basement. And the basement hasn't been touched by human hands in, like, decades, by the looks of things. And it's filthy and dirty. Um... It actually, it's interesting. It, it kind of combines a horror short story in with it uh, from another author, um, Henry Kettner, I believe his name is, did a, a, a story called The Graveyard Rats, which was uh, recently adapted in uh, Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities on Netflix. And it's about this, like, colony of rats that live under a graveyard and are like eating the bodies and shit and and uh, and all that like so they implement a little bit of that into the story to like flesh it out a little bit so there's like there's a graveyard right next to the textile mill and that's where the rats are coming from they've been tunneling in under underneath and stuff but it's it's still pretty good it works it it's got funny main accents uh the actor Stephen Mocked uh plays the big bad guy in this and he tries to outdo um Fred Gwynn from Pet Cemetery. Uh you've seen you've seen Pet Cemetery, right? Yeah. yeah you know, where he's where he's like the soul of a man's heart is stony or Lewis or sometimes dead is better. Sometimes dead is better. But uh, Stephen Mocked <laughs> like Yeah. But but Stephen Mocked goes super crazy with it like he he goes hardcore into this fucking main accent this bullshit main accent and like to the point where it's like at first you're like this is terrible and then by the, the by the halfway through the movie you're like i love this it's so bad it's it, that mm -hmm. it's good um but yeah great rat monster in it it's fun it's a fun monster movie so it works for me and i mean if you're if you're skeezy about rats maybe not watch it because there's a lot of rats in this film. I like rats. Yeah, so it probably wouldn't bother you at all, but but it's still an enjoyable watch either way. I'm just uh, it's more of a trigger warning for people who really have a phobia of rats. I know Stephen King has a real phobia of rats. That's why he's he's written about them a couple times in his stories because that's something that legit scares him. He doesn't he doesn't like their fleshy tails and uh, and the idea of being eaten alive by rats really fucks with them i guess so uh yeah but uh, the other one and this is a high recommend and this is yet another movie that you have recommended to me in the last couple of months that i really really enjoyed uh daughters of darkness from 1971 oh yes 
Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. First of all, if you want to talk like about a slow burn movie, but with a really good mm-hmm. storyline, this is it. Yeah. This is it. Like it is a slow burn. It is like does not have a lot of action. Does not have a lot of going on. But it's just such a good storyline. Mm-hmm. I, just, I yeah. loved it. I thought it was such a great movie. It's a nice Euro sleaze picture with uh, vampirism in it. It's a, it's an Elizabeth Bathory story. So it's basically just like, hey, the character of Elizabeth Bathory, f- famous for being l- rumored to be a vampire. And like, so people use her in vampire fiction all the time. And it's the case here. She goes to a hotel and behold, this, this uh, newlywed couple has taken the room that she wanted so she decides to basically wedge herself in between this couple and um at first there's like possibilities of oh this might be a threesome or you know kind of thing but we quickly learn that like this couple is not suited for each other like they're very different people and uh especially the dude has some secrets deep down that are just kind of hinted upon i kind of enjoyed that too like the like there's some weird shit with his quote-unquote mother that we uh we see in the film and it's like it's never really expanded upon it's just like oh there's something there's something different going on with this guy mm-hmm. something wrong with him and but yeah she just like the elizabeth bathory just intrudes in on their their marriage and tries to steal away the uh the woman uh for her own and there's some lesbian vampire stuff going on and the, uh, it was just like disappointing that it wasn't a lot of lesbian vampire stuff yeah there there's still some there's still some pretty good sexy stuff like it opens with a sex scene oh yeah like that's why i yeah. thought there's going to be more so when i got through it i was disappointed that there wasn't not saying I'm disappointed about mm-hmm. the movie. The movie is great. Probably a good thing because, like, they're not relying on the sex part. They're just yeah. keeping us up. They're edging us instead. <laughs> yeah, they are. They definitely are because it's like I, I kind of knew exactly where the story was going. I was like, okay, I know what's going to happen pretty much. But getting there was a lot of fun and, like, it, yes, built, it was so built, some, built some good tension. And it's a beautiful looking film, too. It's just like a really artsy fartsy. And sleazy film at the same time. What was that one movie we watched? Oh, shoot. The one that we did not too long ago where we were talking about how it was like a really nice film, but the storyline was just meh. Um, there was like, the, the, oh, it was a couple that ended up living like off the grid. They were supposed to make a baby. Oh, uh, Seed of Man. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. this is one of those ones where you start watching, and it kind of gives you that same feeling, that same vibe of how it's being recorded, because mm-hmm. it's, again, it's a country, there's not a lot going on, they don't change the sets very often, but this is, like, how it should be done. That's, like, the perfect example of, like, a storyline done right, was yeah, this yeah. movie versus, like, that movie. Uh, like, The Daughter of Darkness was just, it was just so beautifully done. Like, I even yeah. think how they did the angles, how they did all the stuff was way better than the other movie. I know the other movie is like lower budget, but it just means like how a good storyline can, even with minimal everything around you can like captivate you for the whole time. Yeah. You know, daughters of darkness probably had more money, but like it had a story that made more sense too. like, it it was less like it's, it's still an art house film. I'd kind of say, but it's like less, symbolic and more like straight ahead like oh this is what's actually happening kind of thing mm-hmm. so it's easier to follow and then it wraps up really well and then like it's got okay. a nice 
little twist in it at the end. Mm-hmm. And the lead, uh, the person who played the lead character, mm-hmm. she was so good. Like she just got into that character so well. Like she was such a good seductress. She was so good mm-hmm. at like acting, doing the whole manipulation thing. Like she was just she was spot on the whole movie. She was just spot on. Same with yeah. um. I can't remember their names, but same with like the victim, the female victim. Mm-hmm. I thought she was great too. I thought she just was just so captivating, like through her performance. Like there was really yeah. good actor. So it's, it's another one of those, uh, you know, European films from the seventies with like everyone in the cast, like everyone in the primary cast is like exceptionally beautiful. It's like, you can't stop looking oh, at God, them. Yeah. 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 They're all stunning. Mm. <laughs> you're just looking at yourself in the mirror and you're like, Oh my God, why do I watch these movies? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, but yeah, that that's it. Uh, so I um I did forget to mention. I'm only gonna say it really quickly because I thought it was okay. a whole series. But I watched the Chernobyl series. Okay. Yeah. Um, that was kind of really interesting. Just everyone knows the Chernobyl story, so obviously I'm not gonna go into detail. But mm-hmm. it was uh it was really cool to actually see. Oh God. Um, the directing in this movie, the editing in this movie, or sorry, TV series. Mm-hmm. makes you anxious the whole fucking time. It was done. It was brilliant. It was so good. I loved it. Okay. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, so like that that's something like on my like to do in a couple of years kind of thing. There's this one scene where in the they're in the water and the the giga counter's going and mm-hmm. the series ends like this sorry, the episode ends. In my case, I could just go on to the next episode, so it was fine. Like this wasn't a TV series we have to wait mm-hmm. like a week. But uh, I remember watching this and my heart rate was just going because it was just done perfectly. Like, it's just, they did such a good job. Right. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, We're going to come back after a uh, podcast promo and some music. And we're going to talk about Rabid. But You're Rabid. rabid. And, you know, (laughs) you you listeners out there, if you don't come back, this is going to happen. The high court may well sentence you to torture. You ungodly warlock. Uh, there's this show called Movie Melt, and you probably know about it. Uh, and it's once every two... I have no idea how often this is uploaded. <laughs> and it's a show where a bunch of compañeros get together, and we play some fun games, trivia mainly. Uh, we talk about new releases. Uh, we have some fun games where we try and guess the title of a movie based on stuff that really probably religious people write on IMDb. <laughs> yeah, it takes about 20 hours to record. There's always a failure midway through. Uh, and then the highlight of the week of the, of the show is um, reviewing a movie. Usually it's kind of a interesting, lesser known cult type movie and it's uh, quite enjoyable. It sounds good in theory, yes. <laughs> I might have a listen one day. Wow. Wow. You ungodly warlock.
Rabid, 1977, we have a trailer. Something's happened to Rose. Health officials have said they consider the outbreak of the new strain of rabies as being potentially the worst of this century. Don't scream. Don't panic. He's dead. And the dead can't hurt the living rabbit. The Prime Minister was reluctant to officially declare a state of emergency. But as any citizen in the streets can tell you, martial law has come to Montreal. Shooting down the victims is as good a way of handling them as, as we have got. by David Cronenberg and of course he is one of the most famous horror directors and probably the most famous Canadian horror director uh, going. This is the second film after well basically the second Canadian made like horror film after Shivers. Uh, he went on of course to do Scanners, The Brood, Videodrome, The Fly, Naked Lunch, uh, and uh, even did some like crime films, strangely enough, in the 2000s, like A History of Violence and Eastern Promises, and, you know, continues to make films to this day. He's still going. He's, he's got a couple others uh, in the pipe, I guess. This is starring Mar uh, Marilyn Chambers as Rose, and she is notorious as a porn star in the 70s, right around the peak period where people were kind of like, Hey, porn star, you know, porn movies can actually be real movies, too. Like, they can be really <laughs> big movie events and stuff. Um, she got her start in a bit part in The Owl and the Pussycat, which is not a porn film. That's a, uh, a Barbara Streisand film from the, from the early 70s. But then she went in uh, to two notorious porn films at the time, Behind the Green Door and Resurrection of Eve. After she did that, she wanted to kind of, like, expand out of pornography and do legit work, quote-unquote. Ended up basically mostly doing kind of, like, B-movies and stuff like that before kind of slipping back into porn as well. Uh, but she did stuff like in Angel of Heat and then, like, returned to porn with Insatiable. And, um, yeah, had a pretty, like, steady career. Unfortunately died... Uh, of an aneurysm, like, in 2009-ish or something, I think. Oh, that's so, 
was a little while ago now, but yeah. Um, we got a, this is a Canadian made movie. Of course, we've got a lot of Canadian talent on this. Uh, a lot of, a lot of them are like little bit part actors. Some of them are like, Hey, I worked with Cronenberg two or three times, either previous or later on after this. Um, or showed up in all kinds of Canadian TV and stuff. So we got like Terry Sean Bloom as Judy Glassberg, her only uh, role here, but she's like immortalized as the uh, poster for this film because she's the girl who gets killed in the uh, jacuzzi, and then you like you see her frozen body afterwards, and that's like the uh, that's the famous cover art for this film. We got Frank Moore as Hart Reed. Showed up in all kinds of Canadian TV, notable films, Food of the Gods 2, and the best Christmas movie, for my money, <laughs> The Long Kiss Goodnight. Although this is a Christmas movie as well, technically. It's true, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got Joe Silver as Murray Cipher. What a name. Showed up in the Donald Sutherland film Clute from the early 70s. Was in uh, Cronenberg Shivers and also showed up in Creep Show Two uh, later on. We got Howard uh, Rishpan as Doctor Dan Keloid. Little joke on the name there, of course, because a keloid is basically scar tissue from cosmetic surgery. With um, I'm blanking on the word, but like it's a specific kind of cosmetic surgery causes causes keloid scars. Yeah. Yeah. And we're talking about, but I don't remember names, mm. stuff, things. Collagen, I think, is what it is. Maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe. Um, we got Patricia Gage as Dr. Roxanne Keloid. She is one of several people in this cast who, <laughs> the, the credit that jumped out to me, The Littlest Hobo. The Canadian classic. <laughs> I love she, that show. Yeah, but she showed up in the original Littlest Hobo, which was the early series in, like, the 60s. The, the the series that we grew up watching that usually played on TV was the late 70s into the 80s series. Uh, we got Susan Roman as Mindy Kent. She is a pretty prolific voice actress. She has had some live-action roles, but... The stuff that jumped out at me, uh, she did voices for uh, the heavy metal animated uh, film, uh, Rock and Rule, which is one of my favorite uh, animated films of all time, uh, Canadian classic as far as I'm concerned, and like just she's gone on to do like pretty much every cartoon you can think of, like it, just a crazy amount of uh, cartoon credits. We have Roger Perard as Lloyd Walsh, Lynn Derrigan. Is Nurse Louise. She showed up in the revised Littlest Hobo that we were talking about. Um, yeah. Uh, we got Victor Desay as Claude Lapointe. He showed up in Scanners. We got Julia Ann as Nurse Rita. We got Gary McKeenan as Smooth Eddie. He showed up in Cronenberg's The Brood later on. Just wanted to mention Smooth Eddie. Like, there's this weird little... He's a trucker in this, and there's this weird little segment where it's like he has his own little story where everyone's talking about Smooth Eddie. It's like, you see Smooth Eddie? Do you look okay? Smooth Eddie always looks good. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's Smooth Eddie. Like, I want to see the Smooth Eddie movie now. This is kind of what I want. Um, the other porn. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Smooth, yes, yeah, Smooth Eddie could be in the porn. Yeah, why not? So we have a little synopsis here from Paul Reynolds on IMDb saying... 
A woman named Rose is involved in a motorcycle accident and has experimental surgery performed in order to save her life. However, as a result of the surgery, she develops a taste for blood. Well, that's, that's not even describing half of what happens, but uh, her victims grow in number as well as madness, turning the city into chaos. Yeah, that's not a good description, but uh, I guess it's kind of a little bit what happens. But um, It's yeah. there. It's there. So I assume this is the first time you've seen this, Lee. It is the first time I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what are your general thoughts? Uh, so my dad and I had the exact same thoughts about this movie. Okay. Um, we both said there was a really interesting idea, but the plot itself is garbage. Okay. Like, you would say, like, about 75% of the movie is just people getting attacked and getting infected by um, our, like... Uh, by by Marilyn Chambers' yeah. character, Rose, yeah. Yeah. Like, Subject Zero. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just watching her go around infecting people, and then randomly those affected people infected people. Um, mm-hmm. Would just pop up and kill people. Except for the one female at the beginning. The two female, actually. Oh, no, there was a third one that happened, but she actually attacked somebody on the bus. But yeah, the two, like, really attractive women just died. That's nice. <laughs> Just <laughs> kill them off. <laughs> we haven't come back. Screw that. Um, there was so much. There was so, like, that huge part of it, like, that whole um, middle point, like, that whole, uh, I guess, plot, middle, mm-hmm. climax, before climax, whatever the case may be, was just the same thing over and over again. So it just kept getting repeated. It was, she finds somebody, she seduces somebody, or she makes friends with somebody. She lifts up her arm or they get close to her armpit and the little thing attacks them. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, the armpit was like the most hilarious thing ever. Um, <laughs> the little arm, armpit vagina that she, yeah. she develops, yeah. Yeah. And also, um, we don't really get an explanation like how this happened. Um, they or give you a little... They give you a little bit, okay? So, like, she gets experimental skin grafts that are, like, more invasive than than a traditional skin graft. There's some stuff, like, internally done uh, with certain, like, uh, types of cells. So, like, this is actually kind of um, looking, looking forward a little bit. It's kind of like proto-stem cell stuff, in a way. Like, it, it's kind of that, that same... Let's say because they're they're skin grafting with cells that can become any sort of cell you need it to be, like like stem cells can do. So the idea is that they use this experimental surgery on her after a motorcycle accident, and what happens is she grows the little stinger internally, like they mentioned, like something's happening in her abdomen. And that's basically, like, the stinger connecting to whatever's growing in her abdomen, and, like, that becomes her new way of feeding. I don't understand how this thing was created. I get what you're saying with the stem cells and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But... It's, it's, it's some sci-fi bullshit, is what it is. It's, it's not even, like... But it's... It's so she, far she, off, she, though. It's so far yeah. like it's, Well, it's, she becomes, like, a, like, this is a vampire story, right? And it, and it's yeah, kind of look yeah, and it and it's like kind of looking. It gives you like that craving, and even like when they said that she was like the the rabbit, so I assumed like she had some sort of. Well, she um, carries a disease too. With, yeah, but with, that's that's what I mean. Like 
I don't understand how the disease came about. Like, had it just been the disease because of, like, they got the blood transfusion from something or whatever the case may be, I mm-hmm. would have believed that more than her body created this little worm thing in her armpit. Well, they they mentioned, like, something before they did the surgery on her where they were, like... There could be complications where this would like cause like some sort of weird cancerous thing in her, like that's but just, a cancer. That, that, yeah, no, no, but I mean that's that was their that was their expectations, but they didn't really know. They just knew like the the possibility that something like cancer or something else might develop. You're adding a huge explanation for something that was not explained in the movie. No, like, they you're didn't. going into way more detail than the movie did. Like they glossed over this really quickly. They did. They did. And it wasn't really going into depth. And there was nothing about it that showed you any sort of faultiness. Like there was nothing that, you know, how you have other movies where it shows you kind of like, oh, hey, this experiment. And then you see something, right? You see just mm-hmm. like a hint. There was no hint. There was nothing. And telling me that it was like, okay, this might develop cancer. Cancer is not contagious. No. Like, they went with the title Rabid, and they talked about, it was a perfect time. Like, it was this plastic surgery place that happened to have uh, an ambulance with there. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, cool. Works out. Um, they go pick them up. The guy's technically a doctor, so he's doing his best. He knows how to skin graft. Cool. But there was nothing leading to, like, why this didn't turn out. Like, the experimental part was barely explained, barely talked about. I- and it just, it didn't, it didn't hit. It just didn't hit. That's that's fair. That's fair. Like I personally preferred the fact that they didn't explain too much because if they got too deep in the weeds with that, I feel like it would have felt more bullshit to me personally. But it was bullshit in the first place. Like that's the problem. Had it been, um, like I said, had it been that she became rabid and she was like biting people, like she was biting people. Well, um, she does. Well, no, I mean, she she. Get, I mean, I mean, she gets her with the stinger, but I mean. The whatever whatever disease or bacteria or whatever the the stinger is carrying, that tr- transfers to the victim, and then and any of the victims that survive her attack and get up, they take on these like rabies like symptoms. Like yes, they make a they, they make a yeah they get they bite. She doesn't bite. I yeah, but I mean would have believed it more had she been biting or scratching people. Okay. And it sort of her saliva, even if she was like oh, fucking horny or something, and like started making out with them, like the whole saliva thing still works too. Like any of that would have made more sense to me than a fucking worm thing that grew in her armpit that stung them. Like that thing, like it was the dumbest thing. Like it just looked stupid. It was entirely ridiculous. It was like every time she was just like trying to hide it, she's like, "Oh no, don't look at that." Like it just. <laughs> I would have been fine had they did the skin graph mm-hmm. and at one point during the thing said to the doctor, uh, like the doctor was like, oh shit. He's like, oh no, no, it's fine. He could have just done that part. And I would have been like, oh, something's going on with this like skin graph and what's going on with the medication that I would have believed she caught some sort of like disease from rabies. Mm-hmm. But because they said it was an experimental thing and she had a worm grow inside of her. Well, like it's, it not, just... it's not it's not a worm even that grows inside her. It's it's a mutation of her body due to what they did with the skin grafts is what's happening. Yeah, that like anyways. Her 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 body is mutating in a way to 
it's provide. Pro, I, no, I'm not saying it's not dumb. And on 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 its, its face, really it dumb. is kind of dumb. But I it like is it. Dumb. It's 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 dumb. It's it was poorly done. Um, I really liked a Marilyn. I thought she was a fabulous actress. Um, she kept this movie alive for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did amazing. She did absolutely amazing. She was the one thing that was good about this. There was a couple other people that uh, were good too. And there was a couple moments that were funny, but it fell so flat for me. This was just like yeah. deadline. Like there was nothing about it. That was, again, there was a cool story. Just, it was terribly executed. Okay. Fair enough. I like this yeah. a lot. <laughs> I I like the, the stuff it's, it's touching on. Like I, I didn't, I didn't hyper focus on, on her affliction, like I just kind of accepted it as like, okay, that's what's happening. And it was let's... just too much. Like there was just too much that I'm supposed to like suspend disbelief on. Like I'm supposed to believe this experimental thing created this thing inside of her that latched on to people to suck their blood, just bite them. But he was, I think, I think the point was he was trying to get away from like traditional vampire stuff, but still tell a vampire story. Just in like a new context, like in a different way, like just kind of modernize it a little bit was kind of the intention. And I mean, if it didn't work for you, it didn't work for you. That's fine. But I so stupid. Like it's just. I I I thought the stinger looks fucking gnarly. Honestly, I I was like okay, but I mean also. Like, mm-hmm. it was just the placement. Like, I, I thought at first it was something from her belly because of the way she was uh, doing it. I thought that would have made sense. Like, something out of her stomach was, like, latching on because, like, her body didn't accept food anymore. So it was something from her stomach. Not her fucking armpit. Like, well, I, just... you know what? I, I bet you, like, early on, David Cronenberg probably wanted it to come from her vagina straight up. But no one, the she, he knew they wouldn't let him do it, basically. The vagina would have been pretty cool, too. The stomach would have been pretty cool. The armpit was, like, the one place that made no sense to me. I guess, well, like, it comes to your I, heart, but, like... Well, I think, that... the, I, I think the idea was to make it more hidden, because if it's the stomach, you can see that easier. And I think I think the idea to make it the armpit... And also, and also it, I think the, some of the intention was every time She's... she hugs some... Every time she hugs somebody and puts her arm, like, around them like that, you're ex- you're expecting you know there's tension there. Your bellies are touching. Yeah, but like the only time and the one time where it could have been utilized perfectly, they put the fucking sleaze bag on the wrong side at the cinema. That was the one time where I was like, "This is fucking perfect. This is like perfect that the thing will go." It didn't. Like it had got. Well, well they didn't. They didn't. They didn't show the whole scene though. Like they showed the aftermath of him dead. You didn't see what position he saw his finger. Into. It was his finger. His hand got caught. Yeah, well, he put he put it down yeah, under. Near, yeah. yeah, and then that's what got caught. This was like a perfect opportunity where you have the sleaze bag beside you that he starts cuddling up. She puts her arm on him, whatever, and then it goes right inside of him. Like it had just it was that there was like that one moment. Like all you have to do is switch the character side, and it would have been drastically better scene. Mm, I don't know if I agree with that, but because um, what is it supposed to stretch all the way around? Like I. I, I it's it, well. It's long enough. I mean, he's reaching over. He's reaching and grabbing her boob. Her boob is like here. This thing is here, and we only see it poke out. So now I have to believe that it's got extra length to it. Like, cool. Yeah, it totally could. But like, why don't just switch him sides? He still could be grabbing her boob, and then he still could get stung. And maybe he's moving his hand around a little bit more. Like he's like you know, 
grab the boob, move the hand a little to another Up spot in her as armpit? well. Yeah. The the erogenous armpit I think, zone. I think you're just trying to defend this movie way too much. I have tried to defend this movie. <laughs> yes, because I like this movie a lot. But I I like what this movie has to say about uh Cronenberg's thoughts on like private clinics. Like I I, I feel like he at this around this time he had a problem with private clinics outside of like socialized Canadian medicine, like these just privately funded clinics doing amoral shit uh, without anyone, you know, overseeing them. Cause like this comes up in the brood as well later on, even more so. I like the atmosphere of this. I like how wintry Canadian it is. Yes. Which is, which is another thing he did a lot. Like you can tell, you can tell this is shot in Canada, right? Like it, my dad it just... was telling me all the highways that they were on and he was telling mm-hmm. me like parts of Montreal that they were, or what parts they were filming in. Cause it's like, yeah, they're using like the ugliest parts of Montreal. Cause the, and, yeah, my dad was living in, uh, or close to Montreal at the time. Mm-hmm. And I, no, I think in England that time. it was living in Montreal shortly after. And, and I think it's pretty interesting in how like at, at, at some point, the movie kind of tricks you into thinking that she's going to be like, oh, this is going to be a story about a strong female, you know, who becomes a monster. But like, it's a metaphor for a woman fighting back against male predators or whatever, you know, kind of thing. But it doesn't. But all. it doesn't. Yeah, no, it doesn't, do, it doesn't do that. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I feel like it, it kind of tricks you a little bit. Because, I don't think I ever thought of that oh, at any point. Well, I mean that farmer who tries to rape her early on that, that the yeah, one that she's, the one she stabs in the eye. Like the first guy had he been the first kill, I would have probably thought that, but because the first kill was a guy who was just trying to help her. Ah, uh, but he, he also, you know, tried to take advantage a little bit too. When she was like, Oh, come closer to me, you know, kind of thing. Like, he, you know, he he sort of gave in to his desires, kind of thing. Yes, gave in after she was like, "Please, I'm so cold. Please help me. Please, 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 please. I'm so cold. Help me." Well, yes. I think I think there's I think I, there's another, you know, but she she ends up like preying on innocent people and like other like female victims and stuff like that as well. So it kind of turns that on its head a little bit, and I think there's a split personality with her. I do some, see that, but I don't some, see enough. Because at one point, there was a really cool part where you see her. This is what I was saying about um, Rose, like, her character was well-developed um, in a sense that the acting was great. Like, the acting, mm-hmm. what she did to it was really good. But I wish they had gone more with that uh, split personality. Because yeah. there was one point where you see her where she's actually scared. So either it's her trying to uh, hide the truth mm-hmm. and pretend that she's uh, upset and mad or sorry to present that she's scared, but realistically mm-hmm. it's just more just like seduce the boyfriend right. with people. But well, I mean, she, was... she, she's put in situations where she could like her best friend that she ends up staying with. Like she, yeah. she could have attacked her at any time. She, she's obviously yeah. like, there's obviously a part of her that's trying to resist that. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like there is the, thing there is that part where you can see her struggling and that's I, that's kind of what i was mentioning like i don't know if that was intentional her trying to disguise or if that was like actually it um i think it was actually i think it was like the split like her who's not sick and her who's being taken over by her sickness yeah. um which that 
she did well. I think she did really well because you do see the different parts, like when she's on the phone and she's panicking, mm-hmm. and then she goes in the truck and like, oh, this guy's so nice to me. I'm gonna eat this burger, and then like she throws up the burger and her body wants blood. So that, oh, fuck it, let's kill this guy. Like it's just yes. Yeah. It's, See, that's that's the Cronenberg body horror, right? Like the horror of not being being able to control what's going on with your body. I just that, think there was like potential in it, but it was it fell really flat. Like it fell on its face. That's fair enough. So, are you familiar with the War Measures Act? No. In Canada, in Canadian history, because I I feel like this film echoes that a little bit, um, especially. It, I I feel like you know re, I re- recently rewatched this like a year or so ago like during COVID, and <laughs> so like you know and and like this movie seeing this movie like during COVID and post COVID lockdown and it kind of hit me a little bit different. Martial laws declared in this film at some point, and so you had the War Measures Act in Canada in 1970. It's known as the October Crisis. So this was like the Front de Liberation from Quebec, the FLQ. Uh, they used terrorist tactics to um, try to like secede Quebec from Canada. Like they kidnapped a British trade commissioner and killed him. They kidnapped the Quebec cabinet minister Pierre Lapointe, and then like Prime Minister Trudeau at the time, the uh, elder Trudeau, not the current Prime Minister Trudeau, of course put on the War Measures Act, which was basically martial law that suspended all civil liberties and had never been used before during peacetime. Mm-hmm. So, like, it led to hundreds of arrests and eventually, you know, it, it didn't last long, but, it, you know, eventually things got sorted out, but, you know, Trudeau was criticized heavily for it, for basically, you know, enacting martial law and the populace and shit. But it feels like they're kind of echoing that in this film. And like, that wasn't too long ago in people's minds. Like this is 77, the movie's coming out 76 when it's made 1970s when it's happened. And like, that was like a super major thing that actually happened in Canada, like in Canada where not a lot really happens all that much, you know? So I feel like they're playing off the fears of that a little bit. I feel like this is like a COVID deniers worst nightmare where they're like, see, this is what they'll do the lockdown Canada and put you all in camps and stuff because as this film progresses, we, we see the government's uh, solution for this is to shoot the infected because they initially they think it's rabies, right? So they're, they're giving people those like harsh rabies shots right to the stomach and shit, but they're not, it's not taking for the people who are actually infected. So they're like, we just need to shoot them. And at, by the end of the film, it's, we have these hazmat suit wearing people, driving around in garbage trucks, shooting infected and putting them in the garbage trucks and destroying their bodies. I, I, I feel like <laughs> in modern context, this really resonates with uh, what happened during COVID and shit uh, in, a, in a weird way. And um, Yeah, had people left, not left their households. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know, had people actually, like paid attention and done the right thing and uh we we wouldn't even had like maybe the two extra years of covid to worry about we might have had like a nice easy solution real quick but yeah like (laughs) this is like just one of those funny things because i remember people telling me they're like oh yeah um they said only a month i'm like well that's what happens when uh, a bunch of people break the rules and cause shit because guess what happens when a bunch of people break the rules and cause shit 
this is the can this, this is the Canada the the trucker convoy wanted. This is the one they would have created with people putting their bodies in garbage trucks. Like that's that's what's going um, on here. But there's so many parts I wish they expanded on, and they could have just cut other parts out. Because I feel mm -hmm. like there is other parts you could have really added the the fear in this this town. By the way, um, two things that I thought were hilarious about this movie. One, when they were exiting the bus in panic, most of the extras were smiling or laughing. So I thought <laughs> something happened when they were recording. Maybe. And they only did that shot once. Yeah. Because yeah, if was... you watch it, if you watch it, like you'll see all these people who are smiling or like they can't like give a certain like there's one woman that comes out she's like oh, like panic like she's actually into it the rest are like <laughs> and it's just it's so funny like it's just yeah, yeah. one thing I no, yeah yeah no this, I'm, I'm i'm not gonna deny that this movie's rough around the oh ages, no no so. i'm not I, I don't i don't care like i don't care about mm -hmm. that that's not something i'm insulting it's just something i noticed i thought it was funny and two with the kitchen that was literally somebody's house that was just oh, yeah. a four-top stove that is not how kitchens work uh that would be the worst kitchen ever um yeah, yeah and, you're talking like, about the you're in, talking about the little diner in the yeah. The, even when you yeah. get in, like it's a tiny little space where she is, and the walls there, and mm -hmm. it's just like you feel claustrophobic, and like that's someone's house. Um, no, that nothing to do with uh the movie itself. There was moments where some of the extras that only had like the one line or two were pretty yeah. bad, but I can never fault movies because where you are, what you're at with your budget, like it's harder to get proper actors, obviously, like real but, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like uh, yeah. So I'll never fault a movie for that. I'll never fault a movie for like funny uh, extras or backgrounds or whatever camera issues, because that's not it. Like that's not the movie, and I get that. Those I can let go of. Mm -hmm. Me, the issue with the movie was that there was this really great idea and there was these really great moments, but they were never developed. It was just straight up. Let's just have her kill as many people as possible for like an hour and a half or an hour, and stab people. And then those people capture back to life and bite people. And that's it. Like, there's just nothing to it. Nothing grew past. Nothing was, like, further explored. Nothing. And I think that's why it bothered me so much. Because I just watched her kill people for an hour. Yeah, fair enough. I kind of liked how the violence escalated as the virus spread. I like how transgress yes. I like how transgressive it got with the violence. Where it's you have the mother feeding on the baby later on. Like, the guy like comes home. Part. Because that and was the, like a, I like that part because that was like one of those like faux pas, like mm -hmm. the whole idea of like a child dying. Um, it added a lot of uh, grief and misery and all that stuff to the movie and morbidness to the movie. So yeah, I can appreciate that they did that. But again, and and I loved I loved how audacious it was with the mall Santa being gunned down by the by the cop who was trying to shoot the infected guy, which was hilarious because mm -hmm. the guy had an assault rifle as his weapon. Yeah. I understand. I understand it was martial law, but they have guns with more accuracy for a reason. Uh, no, I, I found it really funny, too, because it's like, that, that wouldn't happen. Yeah, that wouldn't happen in Canada. If, if martial law was imposed in 1976 in Canada, the cops would not be carrying Tommy guns. They would be... They they would be it's, at the most they'd be carrying rifles of some sort. But by the way, that girl's outfit. The oh yeah, she was. Sidekick, oh yeah, that, she was. She was riding Santa. You know it. It wasn't even she was riding Santa. It was the fact that she was picking up a child and her butt was hanging out from her dress. Yeah. And I remember just thinking, I'm like, nope, that is 
highly inappropriate for uh, a Santa Claus for kids to go to. So 1970s in Canada, it's getting very progressively. That's all I got to say about that. So, like, okay. I, I have complaints about this movie, too, believe it or not. I feel like this movie's a little bit akin to George Romero stuff around the time, like Dawn of the Dead and like the crazies, because there's there's kind of, like with the uh amateur actors and stuff and the way it's shot, there's kind of a docudrama feel to some of it, like where it feels like it's almost like newsreel footage of something happening or something like that. Like it kind of reminds me of those films to a certain degree. But I feel like, you know, and you mentioned this, a lot of the extra characters are very much in the background. You don't really get much from them, which disappointed me. I, I kind of feel like they could have did a better job of fleshing out the the side characters because it, it feels like you they introduce a character and then they kill them like that. That was all this was. And I, I think, you know, this is a bigger version of his movie Shivers, the previous movie where it was all in an apartment building here. It's wider and expanded. So it's like George Romero's with uh, Dawn of the Dead. It's an expanded version of Night of the Living Dead. But here it's just needed more focus on the characters and their motivations and their stories. Like, I, I feel like it, a lot of it was, we're trying to chase down Marilyn Chambers, but we're not, like, really focusing on the characters that are doing it. We're not focusing on the side characters a lot. So, like, again, like I said, this movie is a rough around the edges. Like, you have to suspend your disbelief for a lot of things. Like, that opening motorcycle crash, that explosion should have just straight up killed Marilyn Chambers, mm -hmm. right? Like, mm -hmm. like uh, the, that, they did a little too much there. Um, I did like, like, the stunt work and stuff, though. Like, later on with the infected guy in the taxi cab, the, the cab crashes then goes off the bridge and the overpass, and then the truck hits the fucking thing. And they yeah. did, they did, they didn't do ex an explosion there. They they showed restraint there, which was more realistic of what would actually happen, right? And I thought that was pretty good. The camera um, work at the beginning too impressed me. Mm -hmm. Where they they looked over the shoulder with the camera, and then over yeah. over the other shoulder. I'm like, yeah. that camera is fucking heavy. Like it's mm -hmm. almost if they had the lightest cameras back then, and the person riding the motorcycle or driving the motorcycle is with the person who has a fucking camera. There's a lot of driving in this because it's a lot of like people driving along Canadian highways, basically. Mm -hmm. So like, there's a lot of cameras in the back seat footage <laughs> for yeah. a lot of this. But some yeah. of that camera work, like there's hilarious because there's one where you could tell this person was like on the back of the bike because they were like recording the people the couple like riding the bike mm -hmm. and you saw like, it was like literally as if someone's riding the bike, right? Like holding the camera. And I remember just thinking of like, holy fuck to get that shot must've been so difficult. Cause like, that's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, see, it, there was a struggle like that first little bit, that camera's bouncing like fucking crazy. Like yeah, it was yeah. a really cool shot though. Like visually it was a really cool shot to have. So I'll ask your opinion on this. Do you feel like, even though, you know, like, and, you know, spoilers for an almost, like, 50-year-old movie at this point. Like, you know, 40-something-year-old movie. Marilyn Chambers' character dies. She she tries to, like, prove that she's immune because she's the carrier of this disease or whatever. And They did mention her... uh, Typhoid Mary. Yeah. So, so like, yeah. she tr so she tries to do that. Like, she tries to... She locks herself in with a person that she infects intentionally. 
to try to like prove that she's uh, immune to it, which turns out not to be true. Or at least maybe you think that because like she, we just see her dead body afterward. Maybe she just got killed because the, the person murdered her, you know, like she might have not have died from the infection or whatever. But she gets thrown in the in the garbage disposal and shit. And like we hear shots in the distance. People are like being shot by, you know, government agents and shit and in hazmat suits. Do you think this is a downer ending in the sense that like shit is going bad or is this the cleanup that's solving the problem? So I never got a definitive answer is that if somebody else bit somebody else, if they got infected, Mm because the only time I ever saw it, the person died. Like I never saw someone come back to life after they got bit by somebody who got bit. I mean, no, no, that, that happened. So, for instance, there's the subway scene, right? Where the woman who's infected with her, where her eyes were, like, really fucked up, and she bit the guy in the subway, and then that guy was the guy who later showed up at the mall and attacked the guy that was trying to seduce Marilyn Chambers. Oh, fuck, I didn't remember that. Yeah, so, like, basically what okay. it is is, like, some people die from it, but a lot of them end up just getting infected because only a little bit of blood is taken from them. Like, the the guy who tried to rape Marilyn Chambers, she stabbed him with her thing in his eye and didn't kill him and didn't take any blood from him, but still infected him. Yeah, but she infected him. Cause yeah, I don't think she, when he she came, infected. Because nobody was infected at that restaurant afterwards. No, uh, I mean, you... Honestly, you have to assume that the the waitress was infected. You, I mean, that's what I mean. Assume it has to be like well, more. Well, no, but that's what I mean. Like you only saw no. a couple of people, and like you said, if it's the whole blood thing, like some people just didn't have enough as much blood. But if these people are out for blood, not just killing. No, I, I, I think it. I think it's, I think it's well established that. I didn't see it. I didn't I, see I think, it. It wasn't. Well, it wasn't the fact well established. That, no, the the fact that they talk about yes. it's an epidemic <laughs> that they have to lock down, like yes, but it's because she keeps going around infecting people. But she's not. I don't she's see, she's I don't not see, infected. She's not infecting hundreds see, of people. Let me finish. I don't okay. see a lot of people um, affecting other people. But, I know but, you see the subway scene where the one happened, and I know you like there's like moments, but I don't know if they're killing them. I don't know if they're infecting them. Like it's just it doesn't seem like it's being but how how does it how does it spread everywhere else if with people that she's not had no contact with but i didn't see that many people that she didn't have contact with i saw a lot of people she had contact with no we see plenty though like i didn't though i didn't i know everybody that did the person died whoever they attacked like whoever the rabid person was well they they all end up they they all end up dying they all end up dying eventually but that's like what I that, mean, that, like, they died. But, that's why, they, like, I don't understand, I don't understand, like, the spread, how it works, what is going on, because I don't know, it was, are they killing the person, like, fully? Is it because, no. like, they're getting pulled away? Because most of the people who got bitten died. Like, most of the people who got attacked died. Unless they well, got attacked by Mary, um, or Rose, sorry, um, they were infected, because all she did was stab him, take a little bit of blood, and that was it. Only a couple people died from her, not very many. But all the other attacks that I saw, the people straight up died. Like, well, no, there was a like, couple that didn't, but most of them ended up dead after they got attacked. 
well, some died from the attack because they got totally drained of blood. That's what I mean. That's most most I saw was them yeah. being drained. The ones that Mary, I saw. It, 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 it's it's the people who weren't totally drained that. But that's what I mean. Spread, like most that spread time, the infection, though. Yeah, most of the times I saw people get totally drained when they got attacked by somebody else. Most of the time they got totally drained. Like the husband got totally drained. Like he was dead. So it was the the mum who was the only one who was alive. And then the other people, like on the subway, most likely person who attacked went after that one guy and I have a feeling like he well I shouldn't say I have a feeling but it looked like he was getting like fucking drained drained like done drained well no so like Marilyn Chambers is the only one who has the real ability to drain victims with her proboscis that comes out of her fucking armpit right okay so that means that the other characters just kill them no here's the thing so some of the people she hits depending on the amount of blood she takes, either kills them or infects them. So, like, we see a couple people survive her attacks, and they become rabid. And those and people just, go like, on... straight up killing people. And no, those people like, go on... Like, I know on... not all of them. I know not all of them are, but the way it showed it to me, it wasn't spreading like crazy. They did it because they randomly had people pop up that they said were. But when I physically saw what happened, most of the people end up dead. Yeah, no, but the... The movie tells you straight up from, like, all the news reports and stuff. But I'm not that, going like, by the news reports because that's them telling me the but, story versus I want to see the but story. But you kind of have to, but though. I don't want that. I want – if they're going to tell me the story, I want to see the story. I don't want to be hearing on the radio news where I have to, like, pay attention to, like, some small thing on well, the side. Well, well, well no. That, so that, if I see someone Are you denying attacked, COVID? Are you denying COVID right if now? If I see Is, someone getting attacked – no, if I see someone getting attacked by – the rabid person i would rather see them like come back or do something or like the more of them they're like i didn't see the spread nearly as much as i should have that's all i'm saying like it just well it, it, the, it was made to sound on the radio as if it spread everywhere but every time it it's did. a public area it wasn't spread and i i'm being i want to see it i'm watching a movie i want to see it i don't need to pretend it's happening. I don't want to pretend it's happening. If you're showing me something, or if you're telling me a movie, or telling me a movie, if I'm watching a movie, I want to see it. I don't want to imagine it. That is not my job. Your job is to show me. I And I don't okay, need so, to listen to side things that are playing on the radio where it says, well, there's a this and that's like mumbling in well, the background. I, I mean, this is a movie that cannot afford to do George Romero zombie film where everyone you see bitten is infected and and you see like all that like this is this is I don't telling even, like sh- you could have just had someone who like bit and um right away like that bus bus could have went like chaotic mad with people biting each other yeah but the I but the, the, the the disease doesn't work that quickly though the movie shows you that the disease doesn't work that quickly it, you it, could it have takes- done just for that. I don't. Anyways, either way, I didn't like this movie. Like you could try get, to keep. Yeah. Going. I'm literally telling you like what would have made it better for me. And yeah. You're telling me no, it's I get. Not. Um. <laughs> I get it. No, it, it's fine. I'm. I. I just feel like. I just feel like. Uh, I, just, I think I the movie. I think the movie does a good job of like explaining the pandemic that's happening around I all these people. I didn't. I honestly didn't. I didn't. I. I'm might have missed what was said on the radio i might have missed certain parts because like i didn't stay interested so yeah i need those visuals like 
if you're gonna have this rabid thing going, especially since I had an hour of Mary or Rose going around stabbing people, I could have they could have easily developed a lot more people just going over and destroying like a subway where all of a sudden there's a bunch of people who are rabid on the bus subway. But wait, but wait. Did you, did you want a scene of every person she infected then going around and biting people? Did you no, need that? No, I just wanted that one moment where you saw a public area, someone walks in, and you see everybody, not just one random person out of the blue. But it, like, it, it, it wasn't that widespread. And again, and again, but they declared martial law. It had to be that widespread. But no, here's the thing. This is this. Oh this my movie god! Is I'm not all, arguing anymore. This, this movie is no. all about no. Listen, this this yeah. movie is all about the the virtues of Canadian socialized medicine, because the government locks down this shit before it gets too intense. Like they lock down Montreal, like before it spread. They quarantine Montreal because there's enough people that were infected that they okay. enacted martial law. That's fine. But again, it's in Montreal with a big city, with a large population, with a large group of people. Mm-hmm. And every person that I saw get bit, um, other than a couple, died. I mean, they all eventually died. But they but some the live longer. Bit, died. Other people who could spread it. That's what I mean. Like, I didn't see the spread happening very fast. Which okay. is fine. You said that it's fine. But I think it would have been cool to have a moment where you do have a character like it could have been the friend who walks into the the subway realizes oh my fucking god i got to get out of here cuz she sees all these fucking crazy people or something shit going on gets the fuck out and runs to her apartment like it just it just wasn't i don't know i could i, I guess i could, I, miss, I i i guarantee like i probably missed parts that were probably like to the story but again i don't I, need I, to listen to something that's telling me a story when i'm watching a movie like i, I want to see it i got to say I, I do have to say, like, I think you would... Have you seen Train to Basson, the zombie movie? You would you would really like that because that's what you're asking for in this film. Because it's like, the, the zombie virus in that film it instantly happens. So, like... It's not even, like, the instant. It's just... No, it's but it's... The- but, uh, I'm, I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not shitting on you for, for what you want from the, I'm, the, I'm just saying it, it does the thing where it's, it, it shows you the spread of the virus and it shows from like victim to victim kind of thing in a much, yeah, much think, quicker, quicker thing. I think I would have much preferred that. And anyways, to answer your question, yes, I believe it's the solution to the end. Um, one, because they declared martial law, so they were mm-hmm. keeping it contained in the area, so it's not going to spread past Montreal. And two, because like I said, most of the people that I saw got bit by anyone who was rabid um, died. Like, they were dead. Mm-hmm. There was a couple that were alive, but I know... What, 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 about, smooth ed- what, what about Smooth Eddie? I don't know. Smooth Eddie's always looks good. Then he looks good. Yeah, no, and and he he attacked people at the truck stop, or the truck warehouse, or whatever the fuck. Then he gets stopped. Even if, um, even if they did, even if uh, it was like a a massive, a bigger spread than it was, they kept it contained in the area, and like you said, eventually they die. So if they can't leave Mm -hmm. the area, even if the whole town itself or whole all of Montreal, which is a lot of people, but yeah. if all of Montreal like gets stuck and nobody ends up leaving, then they, they all just die. That's it. 
Uh, and and I, I I feel like they evacuated people that weren't infected. They could tell because like the infection, it's not super quick, but it's like within like a day or two that person becomes foaming at the mouth with that green foam and shit. So, like, yeah, they locked it down and like it, it's still kind of left up in the air as to what happens, but like I didn't and, and, feel that suspenseful at the end. I was like, okay, cool. They got the they got patient zero. It's fine now. Although, you know, even though she wasn't immune to it, she was the initial spreader, so it feels like medically there could have been a chance they could have learned something from her to, like, combat the virus. But they didn't and know it was her. It was just the boyfriend. Exactly. That, that That's the, like, I, I feel like that's the note there. Like, that's the point. They don't know. She's just another body to them. So they threw away a chance by just throwing her in the garbage thing unknowingly. Which is, I, I feel like that's a little bit of the horror of it, right? That's the the ironic horror of it. Ish. Ish, yeah. It just, there was nothing to it. Like, when she was done at the end, I'm like, okay, cool. That's yeah. It. Like. No, fair enough, fair enough. If you didn't like it, you didn't like it. I, I enjoyed the discussion with you about it. I'm actually kind of happy that we're, we, we butted heads on this one. <laughs> I just don't know, I just... There was nothing about it, but um, the makeup for the zombies was great. Um, oh yeah, and like what your compliments are due, the makeup for the zombies I thought was absolutely great. Like, can, I know there it was, was subtle, of, right? It, it yeah, wasn't it was, super over the top or anything. The the first guy who gets infected, like how they just paled out his face as it was going on, and. Mm-hmm. Um, like, as he was doing the surgery, you could see he was, like, a little bit paler. And then afterwards, like, when he went to cut her fingers, he was, like, pale, pale, pale. And it just – it was such a small thing to do, but it was so effective. Like, yeah. it was – you knew he was infected. You knew something was going on. You knew it. But it wasn't visually, like – I could believe that. I could go somewhere and think, oh, this guy's probably just – has a bit of a stomach issue or something. Like, casually, if I walk by somebody like that, I wouldn't think they're infected with anything. Yeah. So that, I it- thought, was – that was one strength they had. That was very effective. Yeah. A little bit of trivia here. So um, originally David Cronenberg wanted uh, Sissy Spacek of Carrie fame to play Rose. But producer Ivan Reitman felt it would be easier to market the film in different territories if it was a well-known porn star. So that's why they got Marilyn Chambers. And Chambers was trying to break out from porn and be a more legit actress. So she was... Giving it a go as both a legit actress and a pop star. She was doing uh, music at this point. So first, I'm just going to play a little bit of an interview from the CBC at the time about someone questioning David Cronenberg for putting Marilyn Chambers in the lead role here. The film that you made called Rabbit was, besides being horror, certainly had a lot of sex in there. You call that sex? You don't? Not much. <laughs> Not much. I mean, I certainly Marilyn Chambers is in the film, and she is known as, as being okay, America's sweetheart porn queen. Okay, now you got her instead of Doris Day, right? We couldn't afford Doris. <laughs> no, but I mean, we the asked, minute we that wanted. you had Miss Chambers in the film, yeah. there were a whole collection of people who instantly said, aha. Yeah, and I think you're one of them, you see, because, yeah. in fact, there's almost no nudity and very little sex in Rabbit. But the point is that... Marilyn Chambers was interesting for us. Uh, first of all, I, I auditioned her, and she was g- good for the role. She was quite capable of handling the acting required. 
But the other thing is that it, it although Rabbit cost more money, uh, about $530,000, we could not afford to pay $100,000, let's say, to a really big star. And yet Marilyn Chambers has a na uh, quite a, a name, especially in North America. Yeah. And she was very interested in getting into legit films. She hasn't done any porno films for about six or seven years, actually. She has a Las Vegas show that she does. And um, she wanted to try some legit... See, for her, my films are legit, you see. It's all relative. Yeah. So um, she, she wanted to try uh, a, a straight narrative film and was willing to do it cheaply so that she could establish herself that way. And we were happy to have her because it meant she, she was a name that we can afford. And it's really as simple as that. Mm. And also, I want to like we're going to play this at the end of the at the end of the show as well. But like Marilyn Chambers was doing disco at this point. She cut a disco album to like try to become a little bit of a pop star. So I'm just going to play a little bit of uh, her seven inch single that she released around this time that actually plays in the movie. Uh, during the uh, the scene where her boyfriend, by the way, we never really talked about her boyfriend in this. He's kind of like a wet blanket, like he's no personality. <laughs> like yeah, I didn't care. He wasn't much like the acting itself. Everything like that was very blah. Yeah, but like when he's in his garage, like working on his shit, waiting to get a call about Rose and what what's going on with her in the clinic. Uh, this place. idea this was remade in 2019 i've seen the remake i don't like it it's kind of just eh they 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 re uh they remove like they they put it like set it in like the fashion industry and like the main character is now like a, a model basically who gets plastic surgery and you know gets the infection or whatever and does the thing but um Budget for this, $530,000. Box office in Canada alone was a million dollars, which uh, makes this one of the highest grossing Canadian films of all time. And I assume it did even better, like, just on rentals and, like, releases other places like the U.S. and the rest of the world. Uh, release info for this, Blu-ray, DVD, iTunes, Google Play, Microsoft Store, Vudu. You can get it for free on YouTube, several versions on YouTube if you want to check it out. You can download it from Rare Lust, and you can also find it on archive.org. And uh, all pretty good prints. Kind of like 70s grainy, but they look pretty good. So there you go. Um, but yeah, not sure what yeah. we're doing next. I, actually, I do know what we're doing next. But What are we doing next? So the next main episode is going to be... Uh, Dracula A.D. 1972 and the Satanic Rites of Dracula, which are the uh, last Christopher Lee Dracula films for Hammer Studios. <sighs> and uh, we'll do that all in one episode. It's not a big watch, so don't worry. You Don't give me that look. It's more okay. if I have the time. Never mind, like, the watch. It's just the time. 
I, I think if they're not long movies either. You'll you'll be all right. And, and we might not even just we might not even do it next weekend. So like you'll have plenty of time to get them get them under your belt or whatever. So you'll you'll be fine. And also we we got some uh, intermission stuff I need to do. Um, just trying to set a date with Paul and uh, gonna do a f- couple intermission episodes that I'll just throw in as bonus shit on the feed for you guys. And, uh, of course, also uh, the Wolfman, Lee Van Teeth, showing up at the end of the month with his Halloween show. So uh, all kinds of goodies for you guys out there, if you're interested. Uh, But uh, Lady Lee, where can people find you on the interwebs? You can find me on Instagram at Mighty Tiny All-Star. And, of course, you can find us at tmbdos.podbean.com. You can find all of our other episodes... Um, go to the Facebook page They Must Be Destroyed on Site on Facebook best way to get in touch with us and find out what's coming up on the podcast give us comments that we can respond to and all that good stuff Uh, we enjoy that so you know please send in comments so we can respond and interact (laughs) with you guys doesn't sound desperate at all please send us comments please validate us validate Validate our existence I've validated already. It's all good. <laughs> oh. Well, Lee's validated. I'm not. I I am still. I am still just. You know. Lee needs validation. A ner- I'm a nervous wreck over here. I need. I need someone to pat me on the shoulder and say you're doing a good job, Lee. Or at the very least, like butt heads against me and say, "Do better, you fucking shit." You're doing good, Lee. It's not as good as if, if it was one of the listeners. I'm sorry. I'm not good enough. uh but yeah we're gonna get out of here thanks for listening guys and we'll see you when we see you goodbye bye
to TMB DOS. They must be destroyed on site. For further episodes of this podcast, please go to tmbdos.podbean.com. We're also on Apple Podcasts and pretty much any podcatcher that you can find. Thank you. Drive through.